Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Marcus from 57 Fit in Minnesota. What's up, Marcus? How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? Oh, I think I've always wanted to <clears throat> work for myself. So I have a background in um, education and as a student, student youth worker, and I've been doing that for years. Um, that's actually my background. Um, I graduated college, but I think that somewhere along the way, it was something that I was just so passionate about, the fitness aspect of things, that um, it kind of intertwined with everything I was doing. And I had been working out since, you know, I was 15 years or so. And so it was something that I wanted to do. And then I, I always knew that I had the potential to own my own, but I was also nervous about just being an entrepreneur and everything that it came with. And so, you know, down the road, um, I decided that it was kind of time to take that leap and see where it led me. I knew that I could do it, um, but it was also one of those things where I knew it was time to just face my fears and make that leap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So basically your passion kind of led you there. And uh, that's, that's pretty much what drove you to just kind of take on your own thing and, you know, wanting to work for yourself. I can definitely <laughs> relate to that aspect of it as well. So as far as your business goes now and the business model, what does that look like? Are you providing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-one? How do you structure things for that? So I like to tell people that I'm not a big group fitness coach <laughs> instructor just because I'm not I'm not big at getting in front of a, a, a huge group. So yeah. I've always done what works for me. And yeah. so for me, I do uh, semi-private and I do private training. So my semi-private structure is there's one to four clients and um, we've been doing that since we opened. So what that means is People sign up for, you know, anywhere from two to three times a week. And in that time period, they can pick their days. Um, but in those semi-private groups, everybody is individualized. So I write their workouts out specifically for the goals that we had during our assessments. And we go about it that way. So you'll have anywhere from one to four people in our 45 minute time slot, but they all have their individual workouts. And so um, they like the structure of just being able to build community, but knowing that everybody is on different fitness levels, but they're doing different things. So that's our most popular option. And then from there, we do our one-on-ones um, as time permits. And one-on-one is just basically the one-on-one um, feedback that people need and the one-on-one coaching. Um, I also offer some online coaching as well that we've been doing for years, but we're also going to um, vamp that up a little bit. And then in addition to that, we do some nutritional coaching as well. Okay. All right. So a few different services within the business, but as far as your structure with your clients. So you are able to provide personalized workouts for your clients, but you're doing semi-private. So you're taking on more than one at a time. So it's almost like personal training, but in a small group setting, Correct. which is cool because that allows you to serve more people throughout the day. Right. Because if you're you know, only taking one person per 45 minutes, obviously, you know, there are only so many slots available for you within that day. So being able to still provide a tailored workout per client, but get, you know, multiple clients in at a time is, I'm sure, very effective for you, for them and for the business as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just that that huge disparity in like in a one-on-one slot as opposed to a semi-slot. I'm like, okay, I could have one person here, which obviously they like that one-on-one feedback, or in that same time, I could have four people and they can still get that individual feedback because they have the right. workouts that way. And so that works perfectly because I can get, you know, more people in the time slot and then they can see me a few more times a week and it just works way better for the schedule and also just pricing. Yeah, absolutely. And in the case that somebody has something come up and cancel, it's not like you lose that whole block of time as well um, because you have other people that are there and chances are that, you know, one of the four of them is going to come at least. So you're not, um, you know, wasting that time because that can happen too with one-on-ones. You know, if you block out your day and then one of them cancels and then that's 45 minutes, an hour of your time, that's just kind of wasted at that point. So Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a, an effective way to run your schedule. So as far as your client base goes currently, how many clients are you serving across those um, different services that you're offering? I want to say that currently I'm right at around the, the 30 mark or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as far as client acquisition goes and, you know, getting your services out there in front of more people. How are you doing that? Is it through organic social media posting, word of mouth, referrals, or are we doing any type of paid advertising? How is that looking? You know, I think it's a little bit of all. So I have my um, Instagram and so I'll get some some acquisitions from there. Um, I'm also on Google ads. And so that's a big one for us now to keep mm-hmm. that just currently running throughout the month. Um, and then the West would have to be just word of mouth. Um, so my current clientele have did a exceptional job over the year of keeping people in the loop of who I was. We also offer sessions where, you know, they can bring their friends or family in. So that's just another way to get people in the gym as well. And so the referrals have been huge in terms of, um, you know, they go online and they see all the reviews and and across the, the, the social media and everything that I have, everything is five stars. So they see that and then they get the referral. And from there, you know, the deal is kind of sealed. We have our consultation from there and it's been pretty um, seamless to get people in from the door. Yeah, absolutely. That makes uh, the sales process on your end super simple when people are coming in that way, because a lot of times it's like they're already bought in, you know, they see the five star reviews, they've gotten the feedback from one of your other clients, and they're ready to go most of the time. Mm -hmm. So that simplifies things on that end. Um, And then as far as I know, you said you're doing a little bit of Google ads, how are those going for you? Are you seeing a good return with that? You know, yes, I think that Google ads are super successful. So, and I think it's the, it's been the best way that I've been able to get the clients in the, in the space that I'm in now currently. So beforehand, um, I was in a space and I was doing independent contracting and it was probably three miles or so from this new space we moved in. And then I um, did the Google ads and then automatically, um, a few clients came in. And so, and then after that, I was like, okay. And when I didn't run them, I didn't get as many um, inquiries online. So then we recently did it again and then same thing happened. I think I would receive, you know, four or five new clients. But the big thing about it is I do all my sessions in packages. And so Mm -hmm. when people come in, they're not purchasing a single session. They're purchasing eight or 12 sessions for the month in a package. And then that's going to renew every month throughout the year. Okay. A couple of things that I like there. So I think that a lot of times... Gym owners are afraid to go the paid advertising route because I think there's a lot of 
question there. Um, and it's something that you have to put some time into, learn about, um, and make sure that you kind of stay on top of it. So you're not just throwing money out the window, essentially. So, um, but when, when you do implement, implement those paid ads, that's really what can kind of take the business to the next level. Because at a certain point, you kind of cap out with referrals and, um, you know, word of mouth and things of that nature. And the other side of that is you can't track that, you know, you can't track how many referrals you're going to get throughout the month. It's just a big question mark. But as far as paid advertising goes, you can get it to a point where, okay, if I spend X amount of money on ads, I should expect to see X amount of people walk in my door. So that makes things much easier as far as, you know, predicting how many clients you can acquire and then also predicting your revenue for yeah, the month and setting and goals. Yeah. And I think it's just been super, um, super helpful. So for instance, just to give an example. So if I had, um, if I ran a Google ad and let's just throw out a number and I said, okay, the, I'm going to spend 400 for the month or put that as the max that they'll use for ads. So mm -hmm. they'll look at that number. And then based on the ad clicks that I'm getting, um, I might pay the whole 400 for the month or might not. But the cool thing about it is um, when I did it a while ago, I ran a Google ad for the month at around that price and I think I close in three clients. So if one client um, decides that they're going to buy a package and say they spend $600, that already pays for the Google ads for the whole month. And right. so you look at them on a recurring base and you're like, okay, and you might look at me like, okay, the price per month, especially as a small business is steep. But when you look at what you're going to get back, especially if you are able to close even one client off of that, um, it's, it's a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. It pays for itself pretty quickly. Um, that's like when I was in my facility, I mean, we were spending $10,000 a month on advertising and that was shocking to other gym owners. It was like, whoa, like I can't do that. I can't spend that much, but it's like, okay, well, let's look at what we're getting back. You know, so we were doing a hundred thousand dollars a month. So would you trade ten thousand dollars to get a hundred thousand right. dollars? You know, and the answer is always yes, of course. But it's like that sticker shock in the beginning. But as long as you're optimizing those ads and they're working well for you, um, I think that's the gap there. Uh, but once you kind of figure it out and um, understand that, like you say, it only takes, you know, in your case, one person to cover that amount for the entire month. And how many people are you getting? Three, four, five, you know, even more than that in a lot of cases. So that's awesome. And then I also like that you said that those packages that they are purchasing, are those auto renewing? Is that what you said? They are. They are. Uh -huh. Yes. And so I give them, so I give them the option of, I tell them that we can't do one time a week because there's no accountability there. So mm -hmm. <laughs> all our sessions have started at least two times a week. So people typically do two or three times a week. So they do eight or 12 sessions for the month. And then that package is, there's a certain price for it. And then it expires in about 35 days and then it auto renews monthly. Okay. And so I always tell them, I'm like, the accountability is getting your sessions in and the time is sticking to your times. And so if you aren't able to do it, then we can talk about re rescheduling or figuring out something else for that additional session that you miss. But otherwise, you know, people are just really good at making sure they make their sessions. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you set those boundaries from the beginning. Like, this is how it's going to go. You have to stick to this, setting the accountability. And I think that a lot of times that's what people are missing is the accountability aspect of it. You know, um, somebody pushing them to actually get their workouts in and follow their nutrition plan. And um, 
a lot of times I think gym owners are kind of afraid to set those boundaries and, you know, get people on monthly memberships. A lot, a, a lot of times I hear month to month memberships, which is okay. But one, it's hard to track that on a monthly basis. Like there's no guarantee there that you're actually going to have that amount coming right. in monthly. Um, and then also just like you say, the accountability piece is kind of lost. It's like, you know, if you're making a commitment to yourself, to your fitness goals for six months or 12 months, chances are you're going to get better results than just, you know, sticking to it for a month, seeing how it goes, maybe dipping out, coming back. So um, I like that. I like that you set that from the beginning. So as far as goals for the business go, over the next six months to a year or so, what specifically are you focused on in the business? You know, I think for me, it's just expansion now. And so um, there's a few things that I want to clean up within. And so I'm um, in the process of looking to train trainers is one thing, um, but then also just expand the business. So for my semi-private sessions, um, we are going to be in a bigger space. And so I'm looking to open up um, my semi sessions. I'll probably add a person or two into each time slot since we'll have that bigger space, but we'll can, we'll keep that same structure. And then also looking to um, start to hire. And so I'm going to look into one of the online coaches, an additional trainer, and then also a uh, nutritionist or someone with a nutrition background as it relates to health and fitness. Um, but then just from there, I think it's just time that, you know, we, we kind of get more on the grind and just continue to build a brand. I am looking to, to add some more pieces from the uh, community element. And so get more people in the community involved also and get some youth in since that is my um, actual background as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's just a few things that we hope to get going in 2022 coming up here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So lots of growth on the horizon for you. Um, so moving into that, so the new space that you're going into first, are you the only trainer currently? Do you have that? Oh, you, you're me. the only one. I'm the only one. Yeah. Ah, okay. Uh -huh. So we're one man show right now. One man show. <laughs> All right. So moving in to the new facility now, it's quite a larger space, right? So you're moving mm -hmm. from about 600 square feet to, was it 3000 square feet? Yep. Yep. Okay. So yeah, quite a big difference there. So in that new space, is that you said for the semi-private sessions, you're going to move the, um, the semi-private sessions are going to be in that space. Are there going to be any other services going on within that space or is it just semi-private? No, I think we're looking at a few more things. So we'll do the semi-privates and then I'll do the private sessions as well. Mm -hmm. But hoping when I have that additional trainer in there, they'll do some training too. Um, I'm also looking to do a few smooth, uh, small classes based on some things that we have as well. So um, there's an aspect that I want to add in there in, in terms of like a group fitness class, but it'd yeah. be from a small scale. So it might be only like four to six people in there. But again, um, I, I like to give them that exclusive feeling where it's not a big box filling, like, a, you know, right. 40, 50 people in there. And so we're looking at adding some small pieces like that and then also some uh, self-defense classes as well. Oh, awesome. Okay. So kind of expanding a little bit. So right now, the core of your training, is it like strength and conditioning style training currently? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And yep. then moving into uh, some self-defense as well. And then mm -hmm. youth athletics. 
Was that? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Awesome. All right. So diversifying it a little bit. And then as far as the other services go, so you mentioned nutrition and then also uh, the online platform mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. So as far as the online platform goes, is that something mm -hmm. that you use as another stream of revenue for the business um, that kind of supplements the facility? Or is that something that you kind of advertise separately and run simultaneously? How are you structuring things in that department? I think we're gonna use that to, to supplement the actual business, mm -hmm. but it is actually gonna be its own, own separate entity as well. And so okay. with that, it's still going to supplement the building, but we also want to make sure that when I bring on the staff, that they're able to, you know, take that and run with the, the online coaching piece. Um, still going to be branded the same way, their individual workouts. I would still like to maybe uh, scale it on a small scale, but otherwise we'll still reach out individually. We, we're we not looking to take a, a huge number on online coaching just for the simple fact that we still want to keep it kind of in-house and make sure that people are getting those results based. And so right. we'll make it we'll make it a little bit more um, specific to the individual. Um, but that PC, I think that we're going to keep that as a supplement for the business as well. Yeah, absolutely. That, it's great to always have another stream of revenue, at least one other stream of revenue mm -hmm. within the business, especially we've all seen that over the last year and a half or so. A lot of gym owners now are trying to kind of backpedal and develop those online platforms right. now, just in case. And then also just as that second stream of revenue for the business, because it allows you to reach so many more people. You know, there are no limitations as far as zip codes go with an right. online platform. So that can be super helpful. And then as far as your nutrition goes, is that something that is like an upsell for the clients that you currently have? Uh, or is that part of the packages that you offer? How does that work? It's a, it's, it's also a separate entity, but it is okay. also, um, it is an upsell for the current clients. So they can add nutritional coaching on anytime they like, I already do the, the basic coaching. So when they come in and we do our consultation, we go through the basics. Um, so we go over all the goals and we go over their goals and everything that they want to, um, see while they're there and then in, in addition we'll do i'll talk to them about basic nutrition and then just based on where they are they'll either want to have some nutritional coaching or i'll just keep them with that basic information but then as far as far as a, a separate entity it is something that we offer where someone can call in and they want to do a our nutritional coaching and then some of them want to tack on the nutritional coaching to their online coaching so you can kind of make it a hybrid that way as well. Okay. And then some people just want to meet weekly or bi-weekly and go over the progress they've made in terms of what they're eating, um, what they're doing on a daily, and then how that is going to affect their strength training workouts. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So you have a few different levels there. And mm -hmm. as far as pricing structure goes for that, um, depending on the level of accountability that they're getting with that, is that how you kind of structure the pricing for that? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. It depends on um, how, however many times they want to meet. And so they can kind of um, pick and choose kind of a la carte when it comes to the nutritional coaching. So you have the price that is for the initial or the, the hour nutritional coaching. And then you can decide if you want to meet once a week or every other week. And then from there, or maybe, you know, maybe just once a month in addition. And then so you can decide and you can add that on to your package, or you can do that as if you're just someone who's coming from the outside and want to do nutritional coaching, and then you can also decide what that package looks like. Then we'll come up with a price, and then we'll be going from there. 
Okay. So it's very tailored depending mm -hmm. on what it is that they're looking for, how many times a week they're looking to meet, et cetera. So those cool. are, um, it's more of like a diagnostic process for you in the beginning and right. kind of really determining what it is that they need and then basing the pricing around that. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. So uh, one, one question that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within your business, today what would that be and why <laughs> a lot of times there are like so many things everybody's oh, head spinning it but. is there <laughs> is there is oh man um i think oh my god i would say probably time <laughs> honestly like that's huge so i would love to have the time to um just sit back and watch the business run you know yeah. do some of my training but sit back and watch the business run i would have um, my staff and my trainers and you know be able to breathe because right now you know as a, a person who runs this gym but i'm doing everything i'm the, the sole owner of the gym everything comes down to me in terms yeah. of marketing and the training and the schedule and so everything is me and so the goal is to have enough time where I can finish building out those processes where we can have the rest of our staff in and have a full functioning gym so we can get to the point where um, everything isn't always on me. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I love the aspect of being uh, hands-on and I love the community piece. And I've been doing this, um, you know, for seven years as a trainer or 13 years as a trainer, seven years as a business owner. Um, so being able to just step back and kind of watch it flourish and see what happens from there yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's, that's one of the hardest pieces about owning a business is being able to kind of take yourself out of the business to be able to help run and grow the business. So obviously right now, I mean, it's, it's only you. So you're doing everything. You're doing the training, you're doing the marketing. Um, you know, you're responsible for making sure that you're posting on social media. You've got to <laughs> pay attention to the numbers and, you know, call the shots for what's coming. And it's a lot. It requires you to wear a lot of hats and mm -hmm. not having anybody to help you out right now is, you know, a little bit, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And mm -hmm. it also sometimes can stunt your growth because you're not able to actually focus on the business and where it's going because you're in the business so much. So that's something that's super common. And also it can be hard to let go of some of that control as well, oh, yeah. because right now, you know, you're in control of everything. So delegating some of those things to somebody else can be challenging, especially in the beginning, because, you know, nobody cares about your business more than you do. Right. right? So <laughs> to, ask somebody else to provide the same level of service that you provide can be challenging because Correct. like I said, nobody, nobody quite cares about it as much as you do. Right. So, um, you know, I always looked at everything as a reflection of myself. So, and at the end of the day it is, you know, so it's hard to let go of some of that control, but it's a necessary piece to get to that next level. Right. So, you know, hiring some trainers, basically buying back your time is right. kind of <laughs> the next move for you um, to put some people in places to help, you know, get you out a little bit anyway, um, to get to that next level. So yeah, I can, that's a, a very common response that I yeah. get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
So I am on Facebook at 57 Fits. Uh, my website is 57fit.com. And then I am on Instagram at 57fitfam. So, so pretty seamless, pretty, pretty easy to find me everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. Marcus from 57 Fit in Minnesota. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marcus. Thank you. All right. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Krista Poole of Redline Athletics, coming to you from Westminster, Colorado. Krista, what's going on? How are you today? Well, good. And how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to dive into this business and this business is a franchise but there's a bit of a history and there's a bit of artistic license it sounds like when it comes to how you guys operate but first and foremost Krista take us back a couple of years to to when the idea sprouted in your head that you wanted to open a gym what was going on in your head at that point what got us here uh, sure absolutely so um when I met my husband uh, we were both uh, two sport collegiate athletes and um, we wanted to have our own business. And um, so we started investigating businesses that, that both of us um, could add our experiences, uh, meaning college athletics, um, and what we experienced also in the, in the uh, professional world and how to apply that to a business. And as the uh, search progressed, we found a franchise called Redline Athletics and it just really checked all boxes as far as what we were looking for and um, my management experience and then in the sports industry specifically. And, and then my husband's um, just, uh, he's an IT director, but um, he, you know, uh, just having that athletic background, we were just very excited to embark on what we saw with Redline. Yeah, and so this is something that's been around and it's certainly grown for you over the couple of years, but but for the people that aren't familiar with Redline or, or what it is that you guys do at Westminster, give us an idea of how you describe the gym to people. Sure, we're a youth sports performance center. Um, uh, youth means ages eight to 21. That's what we advertise and try to market to. Um, and, and that sports performance. So we are strength and conditioning, so preparing the body for sport um for athletes in in the younger demographic okay how does how does that come to be delivered right we when we talk about services within our industry there's any number of ways that we can really put the product together we talk about one-on-one -on -one, we talk about small group we talk about large group classes we talk about online where do you guys fall and, and what do we offer our clients 
Sure. Um, our bread and butter is called the semi-private program, and that would be small group um, strength and conditioning training. Um, and so, uh, in general, that would be speed and agility and age-related strength training. They are divided by physical maturity, um, and uh, they're taken through a progression every single uh, time that they're in the facility. Um, it's a membership-based program. Um, that's, again, our bread and butter. We also have one-on-ones. That would be sport position and skill-specific because all trainers are former collegiate or professional athletes. And then um, we also have team training. Team training is very large um, at, at our location. Um, and that is club and high school teams, whatever, recreational teams, um, any type of team. And then uh, we also offer camps and clinics um, anytime that there's a break in school. And then um, uh, rentals as well um, for our facility because it's rather large. Yeah. Krista, I mean, there's there's a number of services and, and the facility sounds quite large. What does that look like in terms of how many members do we serve? Sure. On the semi-private program, there's around 250. That's a that's the membership-based program, like I said. And then um, we have around 20 teams that we serve um, uh, year-round and uh, depending on what season it is. Um, and then the one-on-ones, um, you know, each coach probably has 20 to 30 one-on-ones. So we have a really good slew of, of about 200, I'd say, one-on-ones on the, on the youth side. So, I mean, you put it all together, we're ser- serving thousands of people, but on the, on the membership-based program, it's around 250. Okay. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, semi-private and one-on-one are absolutely not exclusive to the youth sports performance. We use those models in all kinds of different markets around the country. So I think an interesting point to explore with you guys and how you do it is is the pricing of all of this. What is a typical semi-private client paying? So there are different levels dependent on physical maturity. Um, because a, an 18 year old needs something different than an eight year old. Um, I hope you would agree with that. <laughs> so yeah, at our location, it's, it's pretty much it's, it, uh, we need to evaluate them on the free trial. That's very important for us because we do need to separate them. Um, so it's not necessarily by age, but for the sake of the conversation, it's usually around eight to 12 within one group and then 13 to um, 16 ish um, is in another group and then you kind of have the um, 16 plus or whatever dependent on you know if they're going on to the next level or something like that so there's kind of three different levels so pricing is reflective of that um, on the three different levels um, because there's more attention that the older ones need Um, we're building more personalized stuff for them even in the group training if they're on the older spectrum um, than 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 an eight-year-old like i said so um, for all three levels, they have the option of month to month, six month or 12 month membership. Um, but the pricing varies, uh, dependent on what level you're on. And so the very, uh, the younger ones, um, they start everything that we do is also unlimited, um, during open hours. So they can come in at will, um, during open hours, they do have to reserve their spot, but they still can come in, uh, whatever hour that they wish, um, during open hours. Um, so for unlimited professional training um, on the younger level, it's from 150 to, to 250, depending on your commitment. And then on um, the uh, 250 to 350, 350 to 450. Gotcha. So some nice, I mean, 
round digestible numbers and a more tiered approach really dependent on what the, the client is looking for and, and their physical age and readiness to handle this. For you guys, we've, I mean, we've exclusively talked about it from the sports performance setting. Is there any aspect of this where you guys are serving an older general pop population? We do have adult personal training. Um, uh, the facility is maximized to its capacity um, with, with the youth demographic and the programs that I've mentioned earlier um, uh, during some of the hours from 3 to 9 p.m. Um, so mm -hmm. we do offer adult personal training in the morning, um, uh, but, okay. that, 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 but no group classes. Sure, sure, sure. And so that, I mean, I want to dive into the marketing of this because obviously the marketing for a competitive high school athlete and getting their attention is vastly different than the accountant down the street just looking to get a little bit fitter and healthier. What has marketing been for you guys? How are you getting the word out about what you do? Yeah, I'll say this was a learning curve, still is. Um, and I can say tell you that, you know, we, we obviously spend a good amount of, on social media and stuff like that. By far and away, uh, the number one way is, is recommendations. I have a really good referral program, and I've done the math so many times over and over and over again. It's really about 95% referral-based. Um, so we do, obviously, the, the normal stuff as far as Google ads and all that, all that jazz. But I can tell you, as long as the product is good, um, our referral program is by far how we acquired our members. I think that's a really important point that gets lost in this discussion often is that you can have the best marketing system in the world, but if your product isn't good, people are going to notice. And yeah. so for you guys, you've found success in the sort of word of mouth referral based system. And, and it makes sense with the, the demographic that you serve. Sports performance athletes, team sport athletes know other people that need this type of service and they're able to bring their friends into this sort of equation. You did mention that you use Google ads and, and some other services. How successful has that been? What's been your experience there? Yeah, it's been really up and down and COVID threw a huge wrench in that. Honestly, it's, it's, um, it's not solid um, data. Uh, we've looked, my husband and I looked at it the last five years, actually just recently. And, you know, yeah, I can't, we can't say to throw it out completely, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't follow a trend. And again, I think COVID has something to do with that, but for our situation, it just didn't um, pan out sometimes, sometimes it did. Um, so, uh, you know, the most consistent thing that we do is just the referral program. And, um, and to touch on what you said earlier, uh, or the question you asked earlier, if you don't mind me saying, um, kids have a trust factor <laughs> um, that adults don't have. And right. so um, even if a parent got something online or something, you know, found something online and on the Facebook ad or whatever, um, they really need that reassurance from another parent that said, oh, yeah, I did go there. It was good or whatever. Um, it's just different than the adult fitness industry that I've found. So, um, so we just really rely heavily on, on making sure the product's good and then, you know, telling everybody about the referral program because that's, that's how yeah. we and, and one thing I wanted to at least explore with you, and it sounds like you guys are fairly jam-packed in the, the afternoon hours, is the adult side of things something that you guys are looking to grow and, and take advantage of? 
Yeah, absolutely. That would be the 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 part that I that you know if, if there's a downfall to the business, it's that um, because of our large facility, it sits sits empty in the morning, and so uh, it needs to be filled with adult programming, um, and it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, and and so uh, for you guys, I mean, you you said that the data is inconsistent, and and COVID is certainly throwing a wrench in that and believe me you're not alone in that sort of feeling every gym owner out there has certainly experienced the being jerked jerked around with covid do you think the the marketing to that demographic will be any easier or is it just different Well, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I think it's going to be more difficult. Um we do have a sure. good start because um because we have thousands of parents already in our system that we can market to. That's true. <laughs> huge, huge plus. But um, here in Colorado, um, uh, and it's just um, happening right now. So, you know, as time progresses, I don't think it'll be for worse. But have you heard of the fires that happen in Colorado? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that that's just a few miles from the facility. And so... Um, the community is reeling right now. It is just distraught still. And, um, and um, there was COVID and then these fires. Um, a gym membership is just not on people's minds right now. There are bigger things in the world to uh, yeah. conquer. And that's just the way the community feels. So, um, and rightfully so, please don't write, but. Of um, course, of course, of course. It's just going to take a while here, at least in this immediate area, for some healing to occur and for people to um, start seeking gym memberships. So, yeah, and um, and so in the the vein of controlling the controllables, right? We can't we can't do anything about COVID. We certainly can't do anything about fires. Controlling the controllables, Krista. Where will you be focusing your time in terms of growing the business here? What's the, what's the future hold for you? Sure. At least, you know, 60 to 70% of my effort will always be, I uh, have to give that to the youth side because of the fact that it makes money <laughs> and that is what we survive off of and, and it's doing very well. So, um, you know, I don't want to, I just want to make sure that is consistent. It keeps growing and is doing well, which would, which requires attention. Right. So, um, that will always require the rest of whatever I have and not to put it on the back burner, but um, we'll go to um, establishing the adult program in the morning. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of gym owners out there that find themselves in this sort of vein, doing a high school sports performance program, probably not to the level that you guys are, but what, what do you think is going to really take that, morning adult training to the next level what do you think is going to be that kicker to get you guys going so I, I would say quality again um that's the lesson i learned on the youth side so i will apply that to the to the adult as well meaning that if the if the quality of the product is good the trainers are um you know consistent and customer service oriented and goal oriented for for the customer um then the then the program will succeed. But I'm always open to all ears because I have not run an adult program. But um, I would say just uh, focusing on the quality of it, and then and then it will grow itself. 
Yeah. And, and so Krista, as we begin to sort of approach the end of our conversation here, I have one final question for you. And, and that's now that you've been in this ownership seat for a little while, and I assume you've picked up a thing or two about running a business in that time, if you were able to, to hop in a time machine and, and tell a couple of years ago, Krista, hey, this is really, really important when it comes to running a business, what would that, that be? What would your advice be to that, that version of Krista? I would have two things. <laughs> two, okay. Number one, everything that we talked about as far as the adult is concerned, I would have started it right with the youth because um, now we're on this lag and we got to work and invest more money when we could have done it all, all in one bang. So uh, I wish I would have done it when I started the youth and just started the adult right then and there. Um, that would be number one as far as this particular business. But overarching, I, I, I was an athlete. I am an athlete. My husband's an athlete. All of our friends are athletes. Maybe I'm not very diversified in life, but <laughs> I, um, I, have, I have not known non-athletes. <laughs> and so I think the whole world are athletes. I think that every single person plays sports um, and every single kid needs this, which they probably do. But <laughs> uh, the point is, is that I just have thought going into this that 100% of the population were, were athletes. That is not the case. <laughs> um, so uh, just knowing actually the percentage of competitive athletes out there has been a, a real eye opener. Yeah, I think that's really, really good insight and probably really helpful for uh, some other prospective or recently new gym owners out there to hear. And so I absolutely appreciate that sentiment and that mentality. Krista, before we wrap things up and sign out of here, where can people find out a little bit more about this? Is there a website? Sure. Uh, Redlinewestminster.com. Red um, and that's shows everything that we do and our programs and um, yeah, figure out our coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. And to everyone who tuned in, make sure we, we do some research and check out what they have going on at Redline. Krista, it's been a bunch of fun hosting this conversation and, and seeing your insight when it comes to running a, a youth performance facility as opposed to more of a gen pop facility and your desire to sort of marry those two here as we go towards the future. I really, really appreciate your time and your contribution here. I'm excited to see what the next evolution of this business is for you. Well, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And thanks for what you do. Everybody, like you said, we all need uh, someone to talk to about owning a gym because it hasn't been easy in the last couple of years. No. Oh. And, and you are not alone. Krista, I appreciate your time. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. To everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to hear about or to talk about, excuse me, your business model and how it functions within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Southside Strength Gym in Florida, Mr. Jake Roloff. How are you doing today? Good, Dom. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Excited to have you on. Drop awesome. some knowledge, man. Tell us what Southside is all about. 100%. Uh, before I do that, man, Dom, I love your podcast, man. When I first was starting opening a gym, I wish there was a podcast like this to tell me what to do, what not to do. The podcast is great, man. I just wanted to give you props on that real quick. Well, I thank you so much, sir. We're trying to do our part out here. Of course, of course. So, um, yeah, story of Southside. So we started um, five years ago. Uh, in, well, actually, we started in Palm Coast, Florida. Now we're in Benel, Florida. But we started in Palm Coast, Florida. And we started off with a 1,200-square-foot facility, not much equipment at all. Spent about, like, three to $5,000 on equipment. It was, like, some barbells, some dumbbells, a few plates, like, two machines, and that's it. Um, it's a personal training gym with classes and some members. It started off small. Uh, we built it up over the past five years to now we're in a 2,400 square foot facility, bunch of machines, bunch of bunch of different types of equipment, um, a lot more members, a lot more personal training clients, and it's been nothing but a blessing the past five years. That that is great to hear, man. With with an attitude like that, just. Just feeling that way about the business and what you're doing, that in itself is is certainly going to carry you a long way. But, um, you know, it takes takes a little more than that, some hard work and dedication. Before we get into a, a little bit more of what the, the last five years have looked like, what was your background before you went into business for yourself as Southside? Sure. So um, before opening Southside, um, I actually, well, first, I had a little like few side hustles growing up. I opened Southside when I was 22, I'm 26 right now. But um, when I was 20 or before that, I would just do like odd jobs, doing pressure washing or, um, you know, moving stuff with my truck, anything to just, you know, make a little bit of spare cash. On the side, I also was waiting tables. I had an opportunity to go and do steel work, um, tying rebar, um, making caissons if anybody knows knows what that is most people don't but <laughs> I went off and did steel work for about a year luckily with that I was able to save up money and um, with the intention of opening a gym and then after saving up the money honestly didn't have any clients or nothing like that it was a complete leap of faith 
22 years old, nothing to lose. Um, uh, signed a lease on the first location for Southside and just went with it from there, man. Awesome, man. So you've had that hustler spirit, uh, entrepreneurial drive real, real young, um, probably younger than the average person seems to get bit by that bug, but you just took the ball and ran with it as soon as you had that feeling in your gut that this is what you were going to do. Yeah, 100%. Awesome, man. So you set out, opened up Southside. The, the main point of it was to be a personal training gym, but you have embraced some other things along the way to try to serve the, the community the best you can, to try to try to make an impact as, on as many uh, members of, of your, your client base and of the community as you can. Uh, you've added classes in, you've added youth training. Uh, give me an idea of, you know, what were the, what were the stages for you where you realized like, Hey, or, you know, I really love personal training. I want this to be a personal training gym, but I see an opportunity to serve some more people. How do those conversations play out for you in your head? Sure. So, um, you know, in the very beginning, the intention was the, the personal training side of things, personal training gym. Now, um, in the back of my head, I, I did kind of want to do a, uh, you know, a membership base because I knew that there could be a, a few more or a little bit more potential for a little bit more revenue. So in the beginning, there was not that many members. Like I said, the gym was not impressive, so it did not sell itself. Uh, it was also a way for my personal training clients to get extra work in when I couldn't train them. So um, it pretty much started with people because the gym was in a pretty decent location. You know, we have good road exposure. So people would drive in and, you know, just check it out. And, uh, you know, they couldn't afford personal training, but they could afford at the time a $20 gym membership. So I gave them that option. Now, um, things like classes, classes, I, I've always tried to build classes in the beginning, but it, it really took a long time for the classes to kind of, you know, start getting on a roll. Um, the one thing is the kids' classes, because that's kind of been a, a big piece of um, our gym is youth training. And the intention was really never to train young kids, but what would happen is there would be either clients of mine that would bring their sons and daughters or, you know, people that saw us on YouTube, not YouTube, um, Instagram, and they would bring kids in. And uh, we ultimately decided to make it a class because they were all coming in after school hours. And then it just really snowballed into what it is today where we've had classes with even sometimes 20 plus kids in the class. So um, it's really grown just from people bringing in their uh, kids and whatnot through personal training. Awesome, man. So just having that open-mindedness, that willingness to try to find as, as many ways as you can to, to help the people that are somehow or another connected to your ecosystem has really just opened up other opportunities for you and, and has allowed you to continue to grow um, as a facility, as an owner, as a trainer. Sure. It's like adapting, you know, to what's going on. You know, it's, it, if you want to train, you know, um, single mothers and, you know, you have a, a busload of kids show up, like you're not going to not train them. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, adapt and overcome. Absolutely. Now, in, in the world of, of fitness training, there are a million other things, other paths, other things you can do. Have there been any things that you've tried and decided, you know, hey, this this isn't really what I feel I can execute at a high level, so I'm not going to do it? Or 
or anything you've considered and then just, you know, decided to not, not even add into the facility for any specific reasons? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, the a big intention or a big part of Southside Strength is you know, it's, it's a strength gym, so it's strength-based. Now, I kind of fell under the spell of, um, oh, you know, everyone wants to lose weight, so we're going to do hit classes and boot camp training and Tabata and all that. So I really, for a little bit, tried to delve into that realm of, you know, Tabata hit, um, hit training classes and stuff. The thing is, it's just personally, that's not my thing. That's not what we do. Um, I tried it out, and I'm not going to train somebody if I don't fully understand something or fully agree with it. So I tried to do that. It didn't really catch on. What caught on more was the thing that we stand true to, which is the strength training. So yes, um, I have, and we have to, again, adapt and overcome to what the people want, what we can offer better to the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some of the other things that I come into contact with on a regular basis, and, and there are a million things out there that that people try to dabble in and either love or hate is... Um, you know, I think the three big ones right now are nutrition coaching, um, online training, and then, you know, selling things like meals and supplements. Have any of those come across your your radar and how do you feel about them, if so? Sure. Um, now with the nutrition, I recently, like, um, before, because, you know, as your personal trainer, um, you know, your education never stops. So in the beginning, I would just kind of say, hey, you know, the, the typical calories in, calories out, blah, 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 whatever. But as you continuously train people over time, you know, you start to notice what works for some people or what works for most people, uh, what works for you. You learn different modalities of that. I'm talking about specifically nutrition. So as time goes on, um, the nutrition advice and whatnot becomes a little bit more relevant. Now, I don't do anything like sell meal plans or anything. Um, I've tried to do the thing where, you know, I prep food for my clients, but honestly, I, I, per, I really don't have the time to do all that, man. I'm apparently having enough time to prep food for myself. Now, um, for the, uh, the online coaching, that definitely is uh, something that we do. It's not like a, a serious source of revenue, but it is something that adds a little bit more at the end of the month. And a lot of the coaching, the online coaching is, within the gym as well. So it's kind of cool because I'm here all day. So some members might come in and this is where the chemistry of the gym really comes into play. They might be doing a program that I made for them and I'm there. And if they have a question, they can ask me about it. Or you might have several people all being coached and they have that kind of camaraderie where it's like, oh yeah, coach talking about myself, coach Jake, you know, he's, he's a, you know what, he's making me do five sets of 10 on squat. What a, you know, <laughs> what a jerk, you know? So there's kind of that camaraderie inside the gym. When it comes Got, to it. Coaching. Got it. All right, cool. So as it stands right now, um, you got a, a pretty healthy client base for the size of the facility that you're in now. Um, so space management, and I know we'll get into this a little bit in a minute. Um, everybody who's got a gym always would love to have a bigger gym. If money, time, and, and people were no object, we'd all have a 10,000 square foot gym at minimum. But um, yeah. you know, you're somewhere around 2,400 square feet, got a, a pretty healthy membership base there. So space and time management get to be issues in a facility, uh, on a long enough timeline for everyone. So what have been some of the things that you've done to try to manage, 
um, the different type of memberships you have, the training members, uh, the you know the regular standard memberships, uh, classes. How do you uh, how do you play human Tetris, machine Tetris around your gym um, and figure that stuff out? Yeah, well, um, you know, as you know, like there's the the busy times that pretty much work for everybody, and the dead times. So like the dead times of the gym are going to be like during work hours, and the busy times are going to be before and after working hours. So. Uh, one thing, and any members, if they're listening to this, will kind of laugh when they hear this, but, you know, if you ever come to Southside at, like, 5.30 p.m., there's, like, 20, 30 people in here. So we try to, because there's, like, multiple classes going on, and there's members all getting off work at the same time. So what we'll do is with the classes, there needs to be, amongst coaches, some kind of chemistry of the room, if that makes sense. So, like, personally, I train the kids' class, and most of the time we're going outside. Now, luckily, we have this big strip of like concrete it kind of looks like a like a, a hundred meter like dash line if that makes sense we have like an alley but it's not a weird alley it's like a, a decent alley i guess but it's in the back of the gym so we'll train the kids out there um there's another coach that comes in and he trains like some football players and he goes out there too so there's about 15 20 people outside not inside which is huge especially when you're dealing with 24 on square foot and then there might be the uh, adult class of maybe like five to 10 people inside and then, you know, five to 10 members inside at the same time. So we really just have to kind of move groups of people around. Now, the only thing with that is that this will happen sometimes if randomly a bunch of members show up at the same time. There's only so much we can do, um, but luckily the personal trainers, like we're pretty knowledge. So if like all the squat racks are being used, okay, what's the next best thing? Dumbbell squats, whatever. You know, we'll try to think on our toes um, or think on our feet to kind of work around the members or just work around the crowd. I'll say that. Yeah, so you're just, the, the wheels are turning all the time. You're just, you're hustling people around as much as you do. Part of the moral of the story there might be if if your gym is in an area where the weather can support having outside workouts, you almost yeah. get we don't want to call it free space because it's all part of your rent. But one of those things to consider uh, for people listening, you know, if, if you're in Minnesota, then you're not going outside for like nine months out of the year, probably, even though they're, right, they're right. hardy folks. But, you know, if you're somewhere with a decent climate and you think you need a 5,000 square foot gym, maybe you need a 3,000 square foot gym with a more private parking lot or a cool yeah. back area or something like that where a landlord may not see value in it and other potential tenants may not see value in it, yeah. but you might save yourself some rent um, because it sounds like you could probably use 5,000 square feet right now, but for the fact that you can go outside, you can move things around, you at least don't have to be pushed into that as quickly as you can. Yeah, of course, man. And like, you know, for any gym that's in a nice climate area, uh, people love training outside, like unless it's raining, but I feel like it's a breath of fresh air, um, especially the kids, which is great because kids don't get to go outside enough anyway. But, um, you know, if you're just cooped up in a gym or you were cooped up in work all day and you don't get any sunlight, like it's a breath of fresh, literally a breath of fresh air working out outside. It's a change of pace. So I feel like you're definitely killing two birds with one stone, especially if space is an issue. Uh, but if you take some classes or do some training outside, if you're able to do it, of course. 
Yeah, for sure. And sometimes if you're down in that, if you're in that Florida heat, sometimes a little bit of rain might feel good if you're outside. So yeah, exactly. Because we'll even bring equipment outside within reason. But um, I mean, the kids, they're not doing crazy weight anyway. So we might just bring, you know, a few like 30 pound dumbbells out or, um, you know, barbells out there or something like that, like the fixed barbells. We yeah. keep it pretty simple. Yeah. It's raining, guys. Today we're doing some body weight stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, hey, run in the rain, you know? You won't yeah. get hot. I'll tell you that much. We'll we'll do something. We'll we'll drag a drag a heavy sled or something. All right. So we kind of have a good idea of the feeling of Yeah, there you go. This is gonna, you know, help Yeah, moves up the, the ground a little. So I kind of <laughs> have the idea of, of the facility and, and how you run things and, and the general vibe and what that that's looking like. I want to switch for a couple of minutes to some operational stuff. Um, sure. and, and I always like to start at the beginning and just see what the, the typical journey looks like. So what do you find right now? How are you getting the majority of your clients in the door? How are new people becoming interested in Southside? Sure. Um, two things. One is definitely word of mouth. And then two is Google. Um, now there's a few other ones, but those are the two main ones. I would say word of mouth has got to be the most valuable. Um, I mean, I feel like you get the most, uh, I guess, consistent or um, I don't want to use the word valuable because in my mind, like every client is valuable, but like the most consistent clients through um, word of mouth. And then also um, Google, just honestly, the majority of it is like, I kind of like split it up last night thinking about, you know, this podcast. I was trying to see where most of the clients came from. And um, it was almost 50-50. 50% were from word of mouth. 50% almost were from people just calling us through Google, you know, because every time somebody calls, I ask, hey, how would you hear about us? They just looked us up on Google. Um, those are the two main things. Everything else, uh, social media. Okay, so... The two things, I, I want to hit the two big topics there, the word of mouth referral advertising. And, and I love how you said everybody's valuable, right? You're not going to call anybody more valuable than the other, but those people, right. the, the cool thing is to some degree, they have an in, in, uh, aspect of they, you know, the, the big buzzwords are they know, like, and trust us already because somebody they know already knows, likes, and trusts us. So it makes it a different conversation. And they're probably right, right. The, the best conversations. I mean, we'd all love to infinitely grow on just referrals and word of mouth. Uh, and they're great. The biggest problem that people I'm talking to find with that is it's it's unpredictable and to a degree uncontrollable. So have you experimented? Have you put anything into place at any point for trying to nurture referrals to try to ask for them? Or is it just strictly all been just organic conversations and, and just uh, totally unsolicited. Yeah. You know, I've, I've definitely tried in the past. This is actually kind of funny, but um, like, like I said, I train a lot of the, the young kids. So, um, well, I mean, not too young, but like maybe a kid who might be like, you know, 13 or something like that. Um, I would tell him like, Hey man, if you bring a friend in, I'll, um, you know, of course I'd ask their parents first, but it's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys, 50 bucks or something like that. That only happened like once or twice. I didn't really do that to all the kids. There was like this one kid and he ended up bringing two friends and that was cool. Um, but with like the regular personal training clients, I've asked them a few times in the past. Um, 
But most of it really came from this organic conversation, like you were mentioning. It's usually like we train a lot of families. So like you might train one person and then next thing you know, you're training their whole family. Um, but never so much like there was a direct response from telling a client, hey, um, I'll charge you half price this month if you bring a friend. Uh, like I've told clients that before, but it, I don't know if it's like not a good enough motivator or what, but it just seems like just being a good person, like having a good relationship with the client, not even getting them good results, but like having a good relationship with the client, they like you more. And they, you know, I, I enjoy having a good relationship with my clients and they're more willing to tell their friends about you other than, you know, he just show, they just show up, he lost 20 pounds and like, oh my God, I lost 20 pounds, go to this guy. I feel like the relationship is a little, like the organic, um, or sparse some organic conversations amongst their friends more. Yeah, for sure. And you're not alone there in as far as trying to put systems or trying to have something in place that, that makes those referrals predictable. I, I've seen a couple of people who, it seems like they have it nailed and I'm not sure what their, their magic mojo was, but it, again, you know, that's the thing. It's, it just always is so hard to predict or control it. So I think on that aspect, the main thing we can do is just try to give the best damn service we can all the time to people, get them the best results and, and let that kind of come naturally to us. As far as the time and energy that you could put into it, uh, it could be involved. Sure. And then the other thing you mentioned was Google. And I want to make sure for our listeners, the, the two different ways you can interpret that is some people actually advertise, post, and sponsor on Google. But it sounds like you're getting half of your people just from the fact that you have an active Google business listing. They're Googling, you know, strength training or gym in Benel or around Benel. And they're just finding you just because they're looking for a gym and they like what they see of your, your stuff. Yeah, that's hundred percent. it. Uh, I don't pay for Google ads or nothing like that. Yeah, that, that was the, uh, it seems to be the consensus again, you know, people ask me all the time about running Google ads and it, it seems to work for the big box gyms with the huge budgets because you know, they, they, they can afford to spend, you know, a thousand or two thousand dollars to you know to acquire a customer that you know is going to bring some people or i don't know the way the math works out is wild with them but for the for the independent gym it just never seems like running anything like google ads has ever been profitable or or even manageable for a small gym right i, I feel like with that now i don't know i've never ran a google ad but i wonder if there's some direct response or like you can kind of see oh this definitely came through a google ad you know what i mean yeah, there are ways that you can set up channels and stuff to track it, but I've seen I've seen big, you know, big players in the industry spend a lot of money on R&D and for for small gyms for independent or, you know, small, you know, two or three location, you know, companies. Yeah. It just never seems to work out economically, especially with uh, social media advertising, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok having so much of a better ROI for small gyms and local markets. So um, I think if those things ever stopped producing the way that they do um, and probably, you know, 10, 11, 10 or 11 months out of the year, Facebook and Instagram ads are great, great, great things for gym. Um, towards the end of the year, uh, November, December, when all the big companies are pouring all their ad budgets out, 
small units get crushed (laughs) and it doesn't, doesn't work as well, but it still seems to be way better ROI than, you know, Google or, um, yeah, I see people do, you know, billboards, newspapers, radio, and for gyms, it's like, yeah, everything works a little, but when you're a small business, you need the things that make the biggest impact. So you don't go broke trying to test everything. Don, but there, there's one thing I got to say with, you know, the leads too. This is something I started doing recently and I don't know what it is, man, but like the past two or three months, like I noticed a, a serious change of, um, I guess this revenue, but I've actually, I learned this through YouTube and I started doing it. It's like tracking your leads every single lead it doesn't matter if they're like a hot lead or a cold lead like anybody even if it's just a little email you know just tracking them because one thing i know well for one i'll just say this it's like you know you track the person's name um what they're interested in how much money you know how much potential revenue they're going to bring and where they came from so i'm literally looking at this right now i've got like my little lead book and it'll say someone's name and all that information because what will happen is like you know, especially if you're busy, you know, you're training eight people a day, 10 people a day, and you're running a gym, you can forget that somebody sent you a message earlier that day, you know what I mean? Or somebody may have called you during a client, you couldn't answer, or you couldn't really talk to them. So it's like, just going back to the list and looking, oh, look, you know, um, Jose, he called me last week about, you know, signing up for classes. I wouldn't, I would have totally forgot if I didn't write him down. So it's just like keeping up with those leads. And I mean, I don't, I try not to be annoying. Hopefully no one thinks I'm annoying. I'm sure a lot of people think I'm annoying, but that's, (laughs) uh, (laughs) some people um, need that though. Some people need someone on their butt to make sure to remind them to say, Hey, you wanted to make a change. I'm still here. Let's make it happen. Exactly. Look, it's not like, Oh, you know, we want their money, but it's like, Hey, look, you know, they, for whatever reason, something sparked them to want to reach out to you because they want to change their life, they want to get healthier, whatever the case was, you know, they, they wanted that for a second. And like, maybe you had a little conversation and they were okay with the price, but you know, life happens, um, things happen and it kind of gets thrown to the wayside. So it just needs that constant, um, revisit, you know, and even unless they say, stop contacting me, luckily that hasn't happened, but I'll stop contacting them. But if it's just, they leave me on red, I'll give it three strikes. They leave me on the red the third time. That's all right. I'll wait until they're ready. But it's like, I feel like people think that they need to get leads, more and more leads, more leads. I, I think that they're getting okay leads, but it's just following through with those leads. Because you can get a lot of leads that fall through your hands because you just forget, honestly. Or um, either that or you can track back to where the leads came from. You might think that they're coming through Google, but you find out they're really coming through um, Facebook, you know, whatever it is. But um, yeah, tracking leads, man, that's huge. Anyone listening to this, that helped. Like it was day and night when I started doing that. that it was ridiculous how much that helped. Yeah, it's funny. We don't talk about lead nurture, lead tracking a lot on the show because it's it, it can be a little bit unsexy and it's not something that yeah. most people even consider. So I'm going to get a little yeah. soapbox here for a minute. And this is, I'm not just talking at you. This is for our audience too. When it comes to thinking about how much of a pain in the ass can I be to somebody who reaches out to me, somebody who engages me first as a fitness professional, if you are in this to help people and someone reaches out to you, if they, if they don't sign up with you, with your program, 
the odds are it's not because they're going to go to Joe's gym down the street or they're going to go to Planet Fitness or they're going to do an online training. Most people are just going to do nothing. They're going to get this little whim of inspiration, a little bit of motivation, enough to get them to reach out. And then nine times out of 10, we all do this to ourselves for different parts of our lives. They're going to convince themselves by whatever stories that they have in their head, why they just shouldn't do anything. So when it comes to, am I going to be a pain in the ass to someone? Look, if, if it's only for the goal of getting somebody's money and you're not trying to help people, then, then just get into a different business. We shouldn't be having this conversation. But if you know, hey, if I don't help this person, they're just going to sit on the couch. And if they come to me, I'm going to make their quality of life better. I'm going to extend their life. I'm going to make them have all the things that having a fitness plan, having some type of control of their health is going to be. So I say that to say, nag the hell out of these people, do it with mm-hmm. love, do it with care, talk to them the same way you would if you didn't have a business in your friend or relative or somebody, you know, asked you as a, just as a fitness professional, Hey, what should I do? I'm thinking about making a change in my life. And I think if, if the things we say are said with care um, until somebody tells you to buzz off, at which point you should buzz off, you know, you should stay in touch with people, whether it's calls, emails. I'm a big fan of automation for some of these things, at least for some emails and some text reach out, at least until people respond. Uh, But do something, right? Don't let them make the decision that they're better off sitting on the couch, watching Netflix and, and eating Cheetos than they are coming into your gym. So can you go ahead? I was going to say, can you try too hard? Can you potentially be a pain in the ass to somebody? Maybe, but let them tell you that. But in the meantime, if you're not salesy and the things that you communicate to somebody is I care, these are the things I can do for you. If you want to make a change, I'm still here, whether it's day one or day 51, I think it come, comes across the right way and, and you'll have a lot of success with that. 100%. And it's not even like you need to be salesy or like, you know, come at them with an offer like every week. Hey, let's do training. Hey, let's, it's, you could just let's be like, hey man, how's everything going? You know, are, are you walking? Or just even offer a little tidbit of advice. How's everything going? They say, oh, I've been feeling like crap. Hey, go for a walk today just to stay relevant. You know what I mean? And you're, they're only benefiting. You know, I had um, one of my old clients sold me on the idea of my own damn training, and they put it in a perspective that I never looked at. You know, most of the people listening to this podcast are business owners. So this guy I trained was a business owner, and he put it to me like this. He was like, Jake, if, you know, I train with you regularly, uh, this guy must have been like in his 50s. You know, you're going to add years to my life. You're going to basically make me more useful for a longer period of time. Because, you know, when you're 50, you're coming up on retirement, you know? So he was like, look, if I can continue working an extra two years because you made me healthy enough to do so, let's say he made $70,000 a year, you basically just made me, you know, um, uh, 14 or $140,000, you know, because I can train or I can um, work for two more years 
more than if I was to not train with you. And you know, I'm only spending you know, four to $500 a month training with you. So it's definitely worth the investment. When he put it to me like that, I was like, you know what? You are freaking true, man. Like I never even looked at it like that. We're like, we're adding, we're adding years to your damn life. You know, like and if it's the money is the problem, then it's like, look, if you're working and you're able to work for longer and make more money, if you're looking at it like that, that's the way to look at it too. Or just your quality of life. You can spend more time with your grandchildren, go running around, pick up your grandchildren without throwing your back out. You know what I mean? Like you just have a better quality of life for, honestly a pretty cheap amount of money uh, to pay a personal trainer when you relate it to that yeah it's adding years to someone's life and adding life to someone's years is the is the way that i've heard it um and i think that that is uh right oh that's a cool way to put it yeah super cool way to look at it and after he told you that you just made him another hundred forty thousand, I, I hope he wrote you a check for 70. yeah right exactly like oh okay in that case your monthly cost just went up no Cut, cut me in, bro. Well, man, on that high note, there's a bunch of other topics I'd like to get to, but we are nearly out of time. So I am going to have to let you go. Before I do, where can people find you? Uh, website, social media, how, how do they find Southside Strength Gym? Sure. All right. Here's the plug. So um, probably most active on Instagram. So I'll say that first. It's Southside Strength Training. So Southside underscore strength underscore training. Um, you'll see the logo. It says Southside Strength. Um, on Facebook, we're just Southside Strength Gym. And um, our website is SouthsideStrengthGym.org. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you being here. I look forward to checking in on you in the future. I wish you continued success in the game. 100%, Dom. I appreciate you having me on the show. All right, man. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.